Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Ballistic Podcast. Live from San Jose, California, I'm your co-host, Guru Ron Prakash. And along with me, from Fremont, California, he used to be from San Jose, California, but he moved to Fremont, uh, our uh, co-host that uh, was there for the beginning of the Ballistic Podcast, but is now back after a very long time, uh, introducing Varun Aurora. Varun, how are you doing? Welcome back to the podcast. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me again. It's been a very, very long time. I know you guys missed my voice on this podcast. I played a very integral part, if I do say so myself. I'm just kidding. But, you know, uh, it's very great to be back and great to talk about football this time because it's been a really, really good season. And there's so much to talk about in regards to the NFL. Uh, the playoffs are here, though, so there's a lot to talk about the NFL playoffs. And it's, it was such a great season, in my opinion, in general. And I think we could save that for another episode where we talk about the season and everything, all the highs and lows, because there's so much that happened this season. It was such a great season, a very competitive season, if I do say so myself. The wild card playoffs did not really reflect that competitiveness, but I'd say a, a pretty good season nonetheless. Yeah, I mean, uh, like talk about this is the first NFL season that they had 18, 18 weeks, 17 games. And uh, it went, it came down to the, the last week, week 18, Baroon. And I mean, it was yeah. it was one of the best weeks of regular season football I'd ever seen in, in, my, in my life. I mean, just in the amount of teams that were competing for playoff spots. And I think that was the NFL's goal with the extra team in the playoffs, just creating that extra um, the, that extra, you know, um, uh, curiosity as to who is going to make the playoffs at the end. It's it, it was really a job well done by them. And it made it made week 18 really fun to watch. And uh, yeah, just just like Varun said, we are going to be talking about the NFL playoffs and uh, Wild Card Weekend, which, as Varun also stated, not very eventful. If you were looking for a good game to watch, good games to watch, and if you didn't really have, you know, a dog in the fight, this wasn't your weekend to watch football. Uh, but anyways, we're going to be talking about it uh, a lot in this episode because it leads into what we're going to see next week, where we anticipate the the matchups and the games will be much much better. So, I mean, let's let's start off with, uh, with the, the games that happened on Saturday, uh, Varun. So, um, the first game I want to talk about, Bengals versus the Raiders, uh, two teams that have not seen postseason football in a very long time. Uh, for the Raiders, it's, their only, it's only their second postseason appearance since 2002. And, and the Bengals, uh, they haven't won a playoff game. They had not won a playoff game uh, since, uh, I, since, I want to say, not, the 1980s. So, really, really long time for them. Uh, but so good stories going all around uh, for the Raiders, obviously led by Derek Carr, Darren Waller, and, you know, a, a really an improved defense and their interim head coach, Rich Versace, after all of the turmoil that happened over the course of the year for them. It's great to see them in the playoffs. And for the Bengals, obviously, the young, uh, the young Bengals on offense, they got weapons for days. Joe Burrow. And Joe Mixon at the running back position and for the wide receivers, Jamar Chase, who had arguably one of the best rookie seasons we've ever seen from a wide receiver, but don't forget about T Higgins and Tyler Boyd. They can hold their own as well. And I mean, they, I mean, all those weapons got the perfect quarterback to lead them. Joe Bur Burrow, who's very much a gun, a gunslinger, not yeah. afraid to make the big throw in the big moment. And we saw that uh, quite a bit on Saturday, Joe Burrow was, Joe Burrow was not afraid of the moment at all. Varun, and it, it really showed out in this particular game. So let's talk about it for a second. What yeah. were your thoughts? And uh, yeah, let's talk about the game. Yeah. Okay. So there's so much to go. There's so much stuff behind this game. First of all, how the Raiders got in and everything. But first, let me just start off by congratulating the Cincinnati. It's their first playoff victory for football in 31 years. 
And, you know, I, I want to say it's, it's a great thing, but I really wish they played their worst game of their season because I was rooting for the Raiders all the way. I mean, the way they got into the playoffs. Okay, first of all, they lose John Gruden, right? John Gruden resigns, right? That whole email scandal, right? He said a lot of stuff. He resigns, right? And they were doing well up to that point, okay? So they lose him. Then if that's not enough, Derek is having a great season, loses his best weapon, Henry Ruggs, the vertical speed of that, right? Henry Ruggs, a very bad DUI. Then you lose Damon Arnett, your first-round cornerback from last year. He gets released as well. Uh, and, and then I, I think I'm already forgetting a couple of things right here, but a lot happened, right? And despite all this turmoil, despite these losing streaks to bad teams and then somehow winning against a really good team, somehow they somehow made the playoffs. And to cap it off, they made it in the most dramatic way possible with that Week 18 win against the Chargers. I don't know if you saw that game. But that is the greatest football game I've seen in a very long time. I'm talking like, you know, I think the last best game I saw was the Patriots uh, Falcons, you know, with that Patriots comeback. But, but, but this game really sticks out. This is one of the greatest games I've seen in my life. That fourth quarter and that overtime was just incredible. I mean, the Raiders were up. They almost blew the lead. And then Herbert and his dramatic fourth down completions. It was so heartbreaking. Heartbreaking, it was like a heart-pounding experience. And I'm not a Steelers fan. If, was, if I was a Steelers fan, it'd probably be even worse because their playoff hopes were on the line with this game. You assume the Raiders are going to win the game. And it goes to the very last second of OT for the Raiders to win and make the playoffs. So I was really rooting for them in this game. Uh, they didn't win the game, and it came down to the last second, as I, I thought it would be, because they, they were going to put up a fight. And Derek Carr, you know, he throws a bad interception to Zay Jones. He, Zay Jones was doubled. He was not open. He just threw it over there. Very bad pass. They should have looked for Darren Waller in the end zone or made a better play for Darren Waller. I don't know where he was in that play. But uh, nonetheless, a really good game. Joe Burrow played really well against the Raiders D. You know, the Raiders D, they don't allow big plays. And Burrow's like, okay, no problem. I'm going to go the short intermediate passes. I'm going to go to Jamar Chase. 10, 15 yards, good enough for me. I don't need to go for a 50-yard play. And that worked out, and they won. And the Raiders could not convert their red zone uh, chances. You know, a lot of field goals, no touchdowns there. So good win by the Bengals. But, man, I was really, really rooting for the Raiders. I mean, this was such a great season for the Raiders. Yeah, yeah. And one of the obstacles the Raiders had to overcome in, in this season, combining the postseason, is that inadvertent whistle from the officials that led to that Bengals touchdown. What yeah. did you think of that play? Yeah. So – Let's be honest here. I mean, the whistle did not affect the play, in my opinion. I mean, the whistle came. I think the whistle sounded just before uh, the touchdown was. Who, who caught the touchdown? I forgot. Was it Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins? I, forgot. I, I believe it was Tyler Boyd. I Tyler believe Boyd. it was Tyler Boyd. I think it, yeah. it looked like it didn't really affect the play because just before he caught the touchdown, the, the, the ref whistled the play, right? I don't know if mm. the Raiders stopped playing. So some people said the Raiders stopped playing. I didn't really see that. Uh, they still played even after the whistle was sounded, they still played for a second after that. So it was not the right call to make at the time. And, and the refereeing crew of that uh, game, I think they're out for the rest of the playoffs. So they, are, they, they, they are. got their yes. punishment, you know, but at, at the same time, I, I don't know if it was really, if it really impacted that play, if I'm going to be frank, but what do you, what did you think? Uh, I mean, like it, on, on for football, it's very complicated to see how a whistle affects a play just because it's 11 on 11, right? And it takes all 11 players to be on the same page and to, you know, yeah. to, to play at the top of their game in order to uh, say that it was a fair play. 
right? And the, the fact of the matter is, if even two or three of the Raiders players top, stop playing, that's, a, that's an advantage for the Bengals. Would the Bengals have scored anyway? I think so. Um, and, and did it affect the complexion of the game that much? Uh, and and I, don't, I don't really think that way because I think the Bengals would have found a way to win anyways. And I think the, uh, the last minute um, a touchdown drive for the Raiders to, to try and, you know, tie the game would have happened anyways. So it's, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think it just like sort of pre-poned the inevitable, I guess, even if they had to redo the play. I think uh, the Bengals end up scoring on that drive just because they, they, the Bengals have been scoring in the red zone at will this year, uh, especially with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. That tandem has really like taken advantage of their opportunities in that area. So, like just going by percentages, I think you know, I, I think the the play did not have a, a, an adverse effect on, on the on on the game as, as at least as much as people are are talking about, right? So uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because you know the Raiders had a lot of red zone opportunities, right? They could have scored a lot more points, but they didn't. And, you know, to the, to, to the Raiders credit, they did not complain about the officiating, you know, Rich Passaccio was asked, right. And he's like, no, nah, I, I think the crew did a good job. They did what they could. He was very, very nice to the crew. And, uh, and that's uh, the kind of uh, guy he is. He was very, yeah, very, yeah. Yeah. Go yeah ahead. I was going to say, I was going to say, unlike Dak Prescott. Yeah. <laughs> unlike, unlike the head coach in Dallas, you know, who was like, Oh, the yeah, refs, yeah, the refs yeah. blew the game. We lost because of them. Yeah. Right. We'll, we'll get to that soon. But uh, the, the Raiders were very, very nice about it. So, you know, I, I don't think it really impacted it. I mean, I don't know if any Raiders stopped playing. Maybe Daguru, did you notice anything there? Cause I don't, I didn't really notice any major Raiders players in that, in the vicinity of the ball stopped playing. Yeah. You, you know, you know what all 22 film is, right? I would need to watch the all 22 film of that play to really yeah. see if anybody stopped playing. Right. I, yeah. That's, that, that's my take on it. Uh, and, but like from what we were watching on TV, uh, I couldn't tell because as I, I mean, I could tell that the whistle blew, but uh, I mean, uh, Joe Burrow threw the, threw the touchdown to, to Tyler Boyd. I, that's, that's all I saw. Right. And I, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not a Raiders fan or I, at least uh, I, you know, I'm not, yeah, I'm not like personally invested in the game. So I haven't gone out to look for that tape. Maybe it's out there somewhere. Uh, I don't know. But uh, anyways, the Bengals are moving on, uh, uh, Varun. That's the end result. And they will go on to face the number one seed, uh, Tennessee Titans. Uh, yeah. And uh, very, well, very well-deserved number one seed at, at, at that. So, I mean, we'll talk about that matchup when we uh, get further along in this wildcard weekend discussion. So, uh, and the next matchup we, we obviously want to talk about is the, is the second game of, of wildcard Saturday, and, and that is uh, the, uh, the Bills going uh, – I mean, the Patriots going up against the Bills. The Bills are the home team here. And, uh, and that was, you know, that was the first blowout of what was many uh, blowouts for a wild card uh, playoff game, uh, especially, right? And, uh, I mean, the, the Bills pretty much scored a touchdown on every drive, I want to say, right? Yeah. And the Patriots, they stood no chance. I mean, they were overmatched in every way. Uh, sort of like the Patriots used to do to their Destroyed. opponents back in the day. Yeah, and, yeah. and uh, uh, I mean, it, it, it was and Joe, Josh Allen is playing at an MVP level. I, I don't know if he actually wins the MVP this year, uh, but he's ended the year so he ended the year so strongly in the in the regular season, and it has carried over into the playoffs. And I mean, he's playing his best ball at the right time when you when you exactly when you want to play your best ball, which is in the playoffs. So yeah, I mean, we'll spend a couple of minutes on this game, but uh, your your general thoughts. 
Yeah, let's start with the beginning. Uh, if you saw that this clip came out um, of Jordan Poyer, who's the Bill safety, a very, very good safety at that. And he's I think he's a team captain. He's, he's pretty much the leader of the Bills. So there's this clip before the game starts where he's talking to his uh, teammates. He's like, look at those goddamn cocky bastards celebrating over there before the game starts. We're going to freaking end their dynasty right here today, right now. Like, he really? was super he passionate. That? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was yeah, so okay. passionate about that, right? And, uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's pretty much how the Bills play. Like, you know what? We want to freaking end the Patriots here tonight. And that's pretty much what they did. I mean, Josh Allen played his best career game. If he plays like that, you're not stopping the Bills. Now, I don't think he can replicate that uh, too often, but if, if he plays like that, that I mean, they're winning the Super Bowl, in my opinion, because the Bills are a very loaded team, overall yes. very good. But uh, that's, that's and, you know, to the Patriots, I don't think they necessarily played a very bad game. I just think Josh Allen, if he plays at that level, there's not much you can do because the, the biggest component here for Josh Allen was that he started running the ball at the right times. And that's where the Patriots got gashed. They just could not stop Allen's running and his throwing. You know, the Patriots were like, okay, we're going to stop the big plays. And we're going to be like, okay, Allen, you know, we're just going to hope you get impatient and and try and force one. But Allen's like, no, I'll take my time. You know, five-yard pass, seven-yard pass. Oh, I got a running lane. I'm going to run here. Take my time. Take my time. Oh, we got to the end zone. Touchdown. That's all they did. And that's how you carve up defenses like the Patriots. And that's what Josh Allen did. And – it was just a really good game by the Bills offense and the Bills defense also played very well. So it was a very complete uh, team performance by the Buffalo Bills. And they're going to be very dangerous next week heading into Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, I think you I think you put a bow on it. I have I really nothing else to add. Uh, I mean, obviously, I mean, Kansas City, Buffalo going to be one one hell of a matchup, given how both of those teams played on wildcard weekend. If both those teams come up firing in this game, it's, I mean, it's going to be a shootout and a very competitive shootout. So we love nothing more than to, than to watch that, especially for, 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 for the playoff, during the playoffs when everything is on the line. But yeah, I mean, we stated Josh Allen playing at an MVP level, nothing really that the uh, Patriots could do about that. And Mac Jones, a really good rookie season from him. Uh, he, he was, I, I think, the most, you know, NFL-ready quarterback coming into this, uh, I mean, in the draft. And it showed this year. Uh, I, I don't think you, you can, like, really take away anything from him in this particular game. But, uh, but yeah, that's really my thoughts on it. And with that, we move on to the next game, uh, uh, Varun. And this, this next game uh, You is, almost got my name wrong there. I yeah, almost I almost that. did. I, I stopped myself. I stopped myself. I mean, yes, I, I Victor, and, 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 you. Yeah. No, I was. I, was, I, I heard I, the first I, two letters. I mean, it, you said it's going to take a while, and it is going to take a while. But I'm getting there. I'm making progress. Yeah, yeah. As you can you see, you didn't make any mistake yet so far. I, so, yes, I, okay. I agree. So, yeah, not officially, right? <laughs> so, uh, so, so, uh, moving on, Varun. Yes. Um, so uh, this uh, Sunday morning matchup was uh, the Eagles going on to take the Bucks. Uh, I do not know why any uh, analyst gave the Eagles even a chance to win this game. I know they were one number one in the league as far as running the football, but uh, the Bucks have a pretty stout run defense. And as, as far as what the Bucks were able to do on offense, like Brady was able to pick up, pick them apart surgically, like he does with almost any defense he, yeah. he goes up against. The Eagles were not able to create or generate any pressure uh, uh, on Brady. And then for, for the Eagles on offense, uh, they were, I mean, it was a combination of uh, running the ball and, and failing to run the ball. And then these dink and dunk passes that went absolutely nowhere, didn't even come close to crossing the first down marker. 
Uh, yeah. um, I mean, several times in the, I mean, in the first half when they absolutely needed to stay in the game, they could not. And uh, I mean, I, I really have nothing else to say about this. Uh, I mean, the, the Eagles are where they are for a reason. They're the seventh seed and the Bucks are the two seed for a reason. And it showed on Sunday. Yeah. And I'm going to give you my thoughts about this. The Eagles gave up. They gave up. I mean, they, they, I think they took this as a moral victory. They're like, oh, we made the playoffs when we were not expected to. So that's good enough for us, for us, right? Because, you know, uh, at the beginning, they got off to a very bad start. Then they found their identity, run, run, run. And they took that all the way to the playoffs. And then come playoffs, uh, they just threw a stinker. I mean, uh, Jalen Hurts, uh, I don't know if you heard Troy Aikman. He was commentating the game. And he made it pretty clear. Like, he was like, you know, Jalen Hurts, you know, he'd have some open throws. He'd miss it. And, and Troy Aikman's like, you know, if you're an NFL, court, NFL quarterback, you got to make those throws, right? you got to complete those passes. He took quite a few shots at Jalen Hurts, and, and deservedly so. Uh, Hurts did not make – he was not able to make some simple passes. And he's still improving. You know, he showed improvement this year. So, you know, we'll give him that. But, you know, his inability to make some simple NFL throws really uh, was a problem for the Eagles on offense. Uh and, and they seriously just – it just seemed like they didn't really care about winning the game. In the fourth quarter, okay, so it's like 31-7 or 31-15. Okay, you're running against the clock. You have like 12 minutes left in the game. What is Jalen Hurts doing? And it's not necessarily his fault, but what is he doing? He's, he's taking time to snap the ball. The game clock is running, right? The seconds are ticking. He's taking like 40 seconds to start the play. You know, it's going down to five seconds, four seconds. Then he, then he snaps the ball. Same thing. So that he snaps the ball. They get like a three-yard gain, right? Because that's all they do, just get three-yard gains. And then, again, waits like 40 seconds to snap the next ball. I mean, you've already lost like a minute right there. They did not want to win this game. That's honestly, I'm sorry to say, but that's what it seemed like. Were they there to win the game? Or were, they, were they there to be like, oh, hey, we made the playoffs. Oh, we're facing against Brady. Oh, it doesn't really matter. We made the playoffs. You know, our, we, wow. we, we, we set our goal this year. Our future is set. I'm not losing my job this year, you know, so I'm okay with what we did this year. That's seriously <laughs> what it felt like sometimes. So, uh, and, and, wow. you know, yeah. And, you know, yeah. on the Buck side, you know, hey, dude, as Bruce Arians said in the post game, when Tom Brady figures you out, you're done. And that's pretty much what Brady did. He's like, all right, you know, you're giving me this defense. I'm going to make this throw. You give me that defense, I'll make that deep throw. You know, he, he figured them out. He didn't have A.B. He didn't have his uh, safety blanket, who's Chris Godwin. But, you know, Gronk, Mike Evans, that was enough for him. Uh, next week in L.A. is not going to be the same, though. Uh, I think Tristan Wirfs got injured in this game. Uh, Ryan Jensen, their starting center, he also, he also got injured. Those two guys are very, very vital for the Bucks going forward. So if they don't play or if they're not 100%, that's going to be a big, big problem because Brady needs protection. So that's the, you know, that's a big takeaway for me in this game that Brady's offensive line might not be healthy for uh, this upcoming matchup against the Rams. I mean, yeah, I think, again, Varun, you, put, you really put a bow on that. I think, I mean, my, my perspective on it is, is that I, I do think the Eagles stopped trying in the game. I think if they at least put a little bit of effort into whatever game they're playing, you could have you could have told that that they were doing that. And, and quite frankly, Varun, I know that this is like a sort of a controversial take, or it might be a controversial. I think Gardner Minshew might be comparable to uh, Jalen Hurts as a quarterback. I mean, yeah, I, hey, I, I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I saw the one game that Gardner Minshew played, and he really, really did play well. So I, 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 yeah, and I, I thought that he. He, he could do some of the things that Jalen Hurts could do, and I think Gardner Minshew might get as a star, uh, like a, an opportunity to start next year, given the, the number of teams that need quarterbacks next year. 
and sure. the, the, how paltry the quarterback market is. I think Gardner Minshew is like a name to watch out for, for like for for a team that needs a, a one year spot starter, right? Uh, right. For before they go and draft a player or whatever, right? But but, but we'll see. Right. But, I mean, I the, mean the thing about Gardner Minshew is he's a different quarterback, and if you take Gardner Minshew out, uh, then you don't have the same kind of running game, and the run game is their strength, right? The Eagles got a good offensive line, so it makes sense that they want to do an RPO with Jalen Hurts. It's a very strong offense. Uh, the problem is, you know, Hertz can't make those short throws, whereas Gardner Minshew can. He's good at those. Uh, but Hertz is a better deep passer. F- funny enough, he can make deep throws, but he can't make short throws. How funny is that, right? How funny yeah. is that? Uh, but so I, 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 it can work maybe, but I think it'd be a very different offense with Gardner Minshew. So I don't know if that'll actually happen. But yeah, maybe with a different team, Gardner Minshew could maybe succeed to a certain extent. Yeah, okay. and I mean, I, I totally agree with that. But with the Bucks, they move on. Uh, the, Ram, the Rams are coming to Tampa Bay to play them on, on Sunday, Sunday morning, I believe. And it should be it should be a very good one, uh, considering what we saw from the Rams on Monday night, the first Monday night football game in uh, NFL playoff history. But, I mean, moving on to uh, Sunday's second matchup, uh, my team, the San Francisco 49ers, going up against the, the Dallas Cowboys. And, oh, my God, uh, the – the Dallas Cowboys, they commit a lot of penalties, number one, Vic Varun. And, yep. and I, I stopped myself again, if you, could, if you noticed, uh, from calling you the other name. <laughs> I didn't notice that one, actually. That was pretty you good. Did, so was, so was I didn't notice good. it. Okay, well, I'm calling a strike on myself in, in that case. And, and number two, I'm, I mean, so there was a lot of talk about the Cowboys going 6-0 and in the NFC East and then 6-5 and against everybody else and how they scored half the amount of points against the, the uh, other teams than they score uh, against the NFC East opponents. And, uh, like, I mean, I mean, looking back at the box scores, they pretty much blow out every team in the NFC East. And then uh, against other, other teams, it's a very close game or it's a blowout by, I mean, by, by, by the other teams. They, get, they somehow get overmatched by, by those teams. And, I mean, we saw a lot of that in, in this game. The, the Cowboys, the game is closer than, you know, uh, then the, the play on the field would have told you. Uh, I felt that the 49ers were the much better squad, and had it not been for a couple of fourth-quarter miscues that the 49ers made, this would have been a bigger blowout than we would have, uh, I mean, we, than we saw on Sunday totally afternoon. Totally agree. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and just to first go with the Cowboys thing about being 6-0 and in the NFC East, I mean, this is the worst division. Right. Yeah. And so, you, you know, it, it's, it's no like a great victory. You know, oh, we, we beat the Giants and their quarterback sneaks. Woohoo. You know, I could probably coach the Cowboys to win against the Giants if they're doing quarterback sneaks. Hey, second and nine, <laughs> let's do a quarterback sneak and get zero yards. Third and nine. Oh, we didn't learn a lesson. Let's do it again from our own 10 yard line. Oh, we didn't get any yards. Oh, well, bummer. OK, you know, that's the, you know not very good victories there. And the Washington football team, you know, also struggling. So uh, I would say, so, you know, I think that right there shows us that the Cowboys were maybe not as good as people thought. So, you know, coming into this game, uh, the Niners had the, I think they had the victory in the trenches, right? Their defensive line is stout. Uh, Nick Bosa, Arden Key, Arik Armstead. Uh, I'm forgetting one more name, I think. Um, Guru, maybe you can help me out there. There's, there's one more key contributor there on the, on the defensive line. Uh, DJ uh, Jones, uh, and Nick Bosa. Um, Arden uh, Key. There's one more. Arden Key. Okay, so one more. Okay, maybe maybe it's a different team. I I think I thought there was one more. Okay, but you know Fred Warner there as a linebacker. That's a really good front seven, right? 
And then mm-hmm. uh, on the offensive line, Trent Williams, uh, the, I think pro football focus rated him the best NFL player this season. He had a 98 PFF score out of nine, 99, which is pretty damn high. Um, so they had, and, and I think the Cowboys offensive line, frankly, is a little overrated. Um, it's not the, what it used to be, you know, like that super all pro lineup. Um, Ezekiel Elliott cannot run the ball anymore. I don't know what the hell happened to that guy. Six years, 90 million gone down the drain. Uh, it was, you know, but you're just talking about the game itself. It was just the Niners winning the battles in the trenches, in my opinion, on both sides. Uh, and that's, that was pretty much the key. Uh, the Cowboys could not stop the run. Uh, the Cowboys, uh, they, they did not target their best receiver, C.D. Lamb. I mean, sometimes you just got to keep it simple, man. I mean, C.D. Lamb is your best receiver. Find him, find a way to get him the ball. You know, you got to find a way to get your best players the ball. Eagles, Bucks, Devontae Smith, you got to find a way to get your best players the ball. They didn't do that. So I, I just think that, yeah, I agree, I agree with you. I think the Niners could have won with a much bigger margin. And the fact that they didn't is a little cause for concern going into Green Bay. Uh, but uh, this was, uh, in my opinion, it was not as close as people thought uh, coming into this matchup. Uh, the Niners were, I think, are definitely on paper a, a much super- paper, and you know, in on the eye test, they're a much better team. Yeah, I, I think you know. I mean, going going back to the game, I thought the first half, and especially the very first drive, uh, the Niners take, came out really, really firing on all cylinders, both on offense and on defense. Correct. Uh, I think on their yeah. first four drives, they scored on all four drives, one touchdown and three field goals. And they really set the tone of what, how, what, how the game was going to be played. And on defense, the, for, uh, Dallas, for the most part, sorry, on, on, on offense, Dallas, for the most part, could not get anything going. And uh, I mean, the Niners defense had a huge part to play in that. Like, and like you said, the, the thing about the, uh, the Niners and their front seven is that they, are all, they have very good uh, star players and they also have a lot of depth. They have the ability to bring at least like four defensive linemen off of the bench at any given moment, fresh and uh, you know ready to play uh, on a passing down or a running down. Yeah. It, but it's it's as it's as simple as that. So against most teams in the league, they are going to win the battle in, in the trenches, and that really showed out against a team like Dallas, who doesn't play well in the trenches. Their their running game was very much lacking. I mean, Dallas's running game, Tony Pollard. Yeah. Sorry, is his name Tony Pollard? Yes, uh, yes. He only got he only got seven touches. He's got to I mean, start. For, I'm sorry to say yeah. he's got to start over Elliot. Elliot, I don't know what happened to him. I mean, uh, I'll tell you what happened to Elliot. He got paid. Yeah, that's what he got, he got paid. Around. I mean, he took the uh, took the money and he and, and he couldn't run. That's the problem, right? And he, and it's it's sort of. Uh, it's it's sort of this running back ordeal. Right? And we, we, we see this with running backs over and over and over again. We saw it with Todd Gurley. He got released. Yeah. Right? I mean, and, and he got all this money on the books that the Rams had to pretty much, um, you know, swallow and, uh, and keep on their books. And they still released him despite of that. So, yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's the whole running back. Do you ever want to go and pay a running back top dollar after they've had like an MVP season or close to an MVP Goat. season. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and the answer is, the yeah, there's so many on the list. Yeah. There's so many on the list. And you know, the, the best running back in the game and the best running back in the playoffs this year was a rookie. His name was Elijah Mitchell. And he, yeah. had, he had 96 yards, 83 yards after contact, after first contact. And that's the uh, definition of having a, a running back with fresh legs, fresh body, and is able to take punishment and, you know, deliver. 
and 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 that's that was Ezekiel Elliott his rookie year in the league, and which I think was his best year in the league. And it's not a coincidence. It's just like the nature of the running back position. It just it it drains you, and it uh, I mean it leaves teams with like conundrums as to whether they want to play those pay those players in the future or not. But like uh, like your your point is well taken because the Cowboys have invested a lot of money in certain players, namely Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, um, uh, Amari Cooper. And uh, like when you have those sort of that sort of superstar talent and you have so much money invested in those guys, they need to come and play huge roles for you in the playoffs. Otherwise, yep. you're, you're just not going to be able to compete with some of these teams with, you know, star players on rookie contracts like Nick Boza. And, uh, you know, Fred Warner just got paid um, uh, big money. He's now the highest paid linebacker in the league. But like he also came out to play as well. And if you're the Niners, you hope that Nick Boza and Fred Warner are both healthy to play Saturday night in, in Green Bay. Um, Nick Boza is questionable, but he's expected to play. And um, uh, Fred Warner was a full participant in practice. So he's also expected to play Saturday night. And uh, that's really what the Niners have to look forward to. It's like, it's, it's sort of like you, you play the Cowboys, you won. You can take good things from that game, but really it's all about now looking forward to, to Green Bay and the challenge that they pose. Yeah. And, and Dallas, you know, Amari Cooper is also another big contract there that has not really paid out well. Uh, he, he's a good receiver, no doubt, but he's, he's not the kind of receiver, the kind, worth the kind of receiving money he's getting. I, I think he's got the same contract as Michael Thomas. And Michael Thomas, another name who's not really yeah, is another guy <laughs> who's not really paying right. out, is he? Yeah. Uh, so it's a, it's yeah. yeah a lot of big contracts there in Dallas, and they have cap issues. So we'll see how they manage it. They got good players though. Mika Parsons, rookie of the year, most likely not official yet, but he should be. Uh, Trevon Diggs, he takes chances, but he does get picks. So you know, you know, fifty fifty. You know, um, but yeah, it's uh, it's just uh, I, they really got to clean up their discipline. That's a big thing. Uh, but just too many damn penalties every week. They led the league in penalties. It's all the time. It's something or the other. And some stupid penalty that's not even related to the play. Or it's a holding call that happens after, well, after the run. You know, unneeded penalties. That's that's what kills a team. And Mike McCarthy's got to fix that, okay? You can't blame the refs. You can't be like, oh, the refs killed the game for us. And I'll, no, that, they did not kill the refs. <laughs> they did not stop the game for you, okay? It was you and your undisciplined football team that yeah. lost the game. Uh, simple as that. He's a very good coach. Like let, let's let's forget let's not forget that he's a very very good coach. He's a Super Bowl winning coach, a very good offensive mind. But he's he's got to fix that. That's gonna be what I don't know number one priority, but it's got to be up there. Like just fix the discipline. Don't have these kind of stupid mistakes because this is a very good football team, Guru. They've got a lot of talent everywhere, a lot of blue chip players all across the board. So they should be good next year, provided they clean up some stuff. I mean, I mean. I think you're 100% correct. And given that the NFC East is, is as weak as it is, this is your opportunity to really, you know, take over that division and ha- have that help you get a higher seed come playoff time and then, you know, take advantage of that higher seed to win some playoff games. And, yeah. uh, like, hopefully you carry that momentum to, like, you know, NFC Championship game or, or, or even a Super Bowl. That's, that's really the winning strategy for most teams that, like, who want to take advantage of the, or their bad division play. And like, who knows? Like, if I mean, look, look, keep looking down. The Eagles. I mean, they they might not be done competing in the NFC East. The Washington Football Team. It's argued that they're only like a quarterback away. Uh, the New York Giants. I don't even want to talk about them. But I mean, <laughs> oh, man. I mean, but like, but they're playing in a weak division. 
but in two years, that might be a very strong division. You you never know, like with the way the, the draft goes and how how free agency shakes out. But so the so the Dallas window is it's smaller than you realize. It's smaller than you realize. And if they don't take advantage of this window where they have such a strong team and such a weak division to and be to be able to uh, uh, compete in the playoffs, it's I mean it's imperative for Dallas to be, take care of, take advantage of this window. That's why some people are calling. For to question Mike McCarthy's job because because of that window because mm-hmm. uh, you know one year uh, one more year on Mike McCarthy might be one year too late and I'm I'm not calling for firing of a coach I don't I, I don't I don't usually like to you know call for firing of coaches I, I think well, I'm, they, gonna, I'm gonna I think do the one players play I, I'm gonna oh, call you, for a coaching fire later today no, oh not, you are not McCarthy but hey, yeah another one I mean I mean we're already a couple of weeks into the off season man I mean you know, wow. Yeah, that is sound okay. Oh, well, uh, but I think I know which coach you're talking about. I think I know which coach you're talking about, and we will get to him. We will get to him. But before that, just a quick word on Steelers and Chiefs. So the Chiefs <laughs> oh, ran the Chiefs ran out of fireworks for their touchdown celebrations, uh, uh, Baroon. That's really uh, that really goes to show uh, what kind of game it was. I mean, uh, I guess the Steelers kept it close for two quarters. I don't even know. But um, yeah. the Steelers came out in the third quarter like gangbusters. And uh, the, the Steelers, as Ben Roethlisberger said himself, uh, they, they have no chance. And he was right. They had no chance. And it, <laughs> it ended up being the, the last game of Ben Roethlisberger's illustrious career. Uh, never, I, I never had a losing season in, in his career. I think that's something you, you have to like, admire and commend. Uh, though he had a lot of transgressions off the field. On the field, he I think he's one of the better quarterbacks to you know ever play in the NFL. And from uh, from an on field standpoint, definitely a first ballot Hall of Famer in my opinion, right? Just given the quarterback position and what and what it, what it entails. But uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes is a future Hall of Famer as well, uh, uh, Varun. And you know, he's going up against uh, another player next week who is looking like a future Hall of Famer in Josh Allen. So I mean, you know, uh, quick thoughts on Steelers and and Chiefs. Yeah, uh, it's as Big Ben said, oh, we don't have a chance. And, hey, guess what? He was right. He knew something. He was onto something. So, they, you know, it looked like for a moment that this game was going to be close, right? Second quarter, it was like 0-0, then 7-0. The Chiefs were just not getting off. Uh, and then they finally got off and scored, I think, like three touchdowns before the, the first half. Right? So, <laughs> I, I guess, you know, from the Steelers' perspective, you know, Mike Tomlin's a great coach, right? I, I just wonder, like, you know, in that kind of game where – you know, you know, you have a lot of disadvantages. Why not just take some chances, right? I mean, they were still going with their typical dink and dunk, right? So I, I thought like, maybe they'd take some chances, you know, throw some deep balls, you know, big men's last game, just let them rip. Let him rip, let him rip his shoulder off. Yeah, exactly. Like, hey, let him rip the arm off, but got, hey, you go got, out he's, fighting. He's, yeah, exactly. He's got let his him rip, life. Yeah. Let he's him got rip his that, life to heal. Yeah, exactly. Let him rip that deep 15-yard pass. Do at this point, I don't know, but you know, because his his arm is not the same it used to be. But I agree, he, he's had a, he's a really good quarterback. He's had some really fantastic seasons. He was a super do a do everything kind of quarterback. He could make every throw in his prime, uh, and then it, not to mention it's so hard to take him down, right? So that that's uh, he was a he's you know two time Super Bowl winner. Uh, he was a very clutch guy, right? Even this season, he was very clutch. When they mm-hmm. needed Big Ben to make a play, he did make a play, right? Let's give him credit there. He was very – he's always been very clutch. So, no doubt, a Hall of Famer, first ballot Hall of Famer. So, he's, he's going to do it. For sure, for sure. And he, I, know, I know another 
quarterback who can rip a 15-yard pass right past you, Varun. You want to know who that quarterback is? Who? Jimmy Garoppolo. If that's yeah, and if, if if you think I'm foreshadowing something that the Pittsburgh Steelers should consider this offseason, mm. you would be correct. And mm. I, I, I mean, and, and, and we'll oh, see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see where that goes. So because I have thoughts on that as well. For for the so, offseason, for for yeah. the offseason, right? And, yes. and we will we have ample opportunity to talk about that. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo and his trade destinations. And I, but any but yes. anyways. Uh, coming back to uh, the game at hand, Chiefs dominated, and you know they—I uh, mean—they go on to face the Bills uh, at Kansas City in what should technically be an AFC Championship game. At least it, it feels like it, given how these two teams are playing coming into this game. But uh, I mean, I'm just glad these two teams got, are getting the opportunity to play. And uh, you know, uh, I, the Chiefs are at home; they are playing well. But I just think Josh Allen is uh, almost – he's almost playing at that Patrick Mahomes level right now. And given yeah. the, what the Bills have on, on defense and given that Josh Allen can take advantage of the holes that Kansas City has on the back end, uh, I, I think that this will be uh, – I mean, obviously, it's going to be a really competitive game, really fun game. I mean, we all know that. I, but the Bills have a really good chance of pulling this out and, you know, uh, building a Super Bowl run off of this game. I feel that way. Yes, uh, I agree with you. This is going to be a, a very competitive game. And it's a game that I think will be close, but it can also be a blowout on either side. You know, just one team gets hot and they just take the momentum forward. It could actually, that could actually very well happen as well. So it's going to be a very tough fight. Um, I think right now Josh Allen is a better quarterback heading into this uh, game. Uh, he's, he, I mean, he just played lights out against a very good Patriots defense. Um, if he plays like that, they're winning. Uh, the thing is, I just don't know if he'll replicate that performance again uh, because it's very tough to replicate a performance like that. I think he had a perfect passer rating or something close in against the Patriots and against the Bill Belichick uh, uh, coach de- uh, defense. defense right. Extremely impressive what he did. Um, mm-hmm. I still see I, I just can't go against the Chiefs. They're just too dynamic. They just have too many weapons. Uh, you know, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Kill, it's just it's just very tough to guard them no matter what kind of coverages you throw at them. Uh, you know, I, the Bills have a very good pass defense. Chiefs have a good run defense. I, you know, I, I just have to go with the Chiefs here. It's, it's tough, but I, it's going to be a really good explosive game, I think. Uh, but I'm going Chiefs in this one. But it's very tough, Guru. No, I, I mean, I, I totally agree with you. I wouldn't be surprised the game goes either way. I wouldn't be surprised if the game goes down to the wire, down to the final minutes. Who can make, who can get the ball last? That, yeah. And it might just come down to that. Like, who gets the ball last? And, you know, those games are, I mean, they're, they're sort of unfair in a way uh, because uh, you, you'd want the other, uh, the other team's player to get, get the chance to, you know, either tie the game or, you know, take the lead or, or whatnot. But, you know, I, I really, really like how the Bills are playing. Uh, I, I like the teams that they beat this season. I like the way Josh Allen is playing lately, and I, I picked them to upset the Chiefs. I know okay. that I picked the okay. I know I picked the Chiefs last night, Vikram. Sorry. Okay. Oh, damn you got it. it. There you go. I, damn it. Oh, damn okay. it. Damn now it. you did it. I knew it was going to happen I, sometime soon. I, damn it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Maroon. I, I, I know I picked <laughs> the Chiefs last night, but I, I got a chance to sleep on it. And now I'm picking the Bills, and I stick with it. I'm yeah, sticking hey, with it for, you, for this weekend. You know what? I mean, the crazy thing is it's not even an upset, in my opinion. I, I can easily see that happening. It's so close. Uh, in fact, I think a lot of, like, those uh, quote-unquote analysts 
on NFL.com and stuff. I think I think the majority of them have picked uh, the Bills to win this game. So that should be interesting because I, I think the Bills have a lot going for them in this game, going into this game. So it'll be – I can definitely see that happening. So we'll see. The, we'll find out the, next next week if uh, who's right, who's wrong. The thing about the Chiefs that's very interesting, they're, they're missing their top running back, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, and I, I know they've been with, missing him for a while, and they haven't really missed him in the sense that, like, they've won a lot of their games. Uh, but the ability uh, – I mean, the inability for the Chiefs to run the ball – and milk the clock against the Bengals effectively costed them game, the game against the Bengals, Varun, because they let the Bengals get the ball and uh, effectively drive down the field with, uh, uh, with Joe Burrow and, and Jamar Chase. So, you know, we, we were talking about two teams that are, are you know, are very competitive and are, are very – it's very close. You have to look at the margins. I, sure, I guess sure. I look at I guess I'd look at that with some, with some skepticism for the Chiefs, but, you know, yeah. I, I, well, I doubt it. Yeah. Fact, <laughs> I doubted Patrick Mahomes before, and it, it cost me dearly. You were you were here. You were watching. Oh yeah, the Super Bowl. Yeah, the Super Bowl Chiefs, in, in Tigers. Yeah, yeah, and you know we might get a match rematch this year. You never know, and that's when we take where we go with our next matchup. Very possible. Um, but one thing I'll say though about the running game for the Chiefs, Jerick McKinnon played really well against the Steelers. He did. So that I, I you know too too early to say, but that could be something the Chiefs can do against the Bills. Maybe we'll see. Okay, so so moving on, uh, Niners and Packers, uh, uh, Varun, and what many people are calling like the game of the week in yeah, terms of how tough. competitive it's going to be, how uh, with the history between the Niners and the Packers in the playoffs. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is zero and three against the Niners in the playoffs, but uh, those were different Niners teams. Those were different Packers teams. I think in each one of those games, the, the Niners were either favorited or slight underdogs. Uh, in 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 all those three games, so like I mean, I mean the, the Packers have no shame in, in losing those games per se. But 2021, it's a different year. This is Aaron Rodgers' third year under uh, the uh, the uh, Shanahan offense, led by um, uh, what's what's his name, Matt Lafleur, right? Okay, yeah. right, and yeah, he's really he's really mastered the offense. Him and Devontae Adams have have such a great uh, rapport. In fact, like on on Instagram, they were calling like the tandem, the last dance with, with Rogers and, uh, <laughs> and, and uh, you know, and Devonte Adams as sort of the Jordan and Pippen in that scenario. And, you know, it might be Aaron Rodgers' last year as a green Bay Packer. We don't know that it feels like every year might be his last year, but, but anyways, that's a different discussion for, for a different yeah. day. Uh, the, uh, the Niners come in with, with their rushing attack led by, led by Elijah Mitchell, but also led by Debo Samuel who's been running the ball out of the backfield. And he's not just running ar- around the offensive line. He's running through the offensive line as well. And, like, those, uh, those runs uh, and, and, and cutbacks, like, make him, like, one of the most dangerous offensive weapons in the NFL. Uh, combined with that, with the fact that the, the Packers are the worst rushing defense in the NFL. And uh, the Niners might have a good game uh, on the ground, I don't think uh, I don't think there's any doubt they there. I think they're going to be able to run the ball effectively. But it does not matter if Aaron Rodgers is continuously putting the game, putting the ball in the end zone, and taking advantage of the secondary for the 49ers, who they're they're playing a rookie, Ambry Thomas. He he has played well during his time. Uh, I mean, starting with with the Niners, but he hasn't faced a stiff competition uh, as of yet. And he and Aaron Rodgers is definitely going to target him. No question yeah. about it. So, I mean, it should, it should be a fun one. I mean, this is, this is a battle of styles. And, and which style 
uh, comes out to, you know, play the best is probably the, I mean, the team that's going to win, win the game. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and they're going to target uh, Josh punch the ball out Norman as well. Right. He's still there. Uh, punching ball. Well, Josh, Norm- Josh Norman is thankfully Josh Norman is not playing oh, uh, really? on first, second and third down uh, anymore. So thank oh. God he. Oh wow. Thank God he's o- he's only playing on special teams. But hey, you can always pull a fake pun on him. Uh, so uh, <laughs> never lose hope. Right. Josh Norman ruining your season. Anyways, continue. Right. Yeah. So so with this game, I, I think um, Jimmy G has got to uh, cut down on mistakes uh, because you know, like in that Cowboys game, if he throws that interception again, you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to burn you. He's going to burn you for mistakes. So you you got to be careful here. This is not. Uh, uh, Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys blaming the refs. This is a, a disciplined uh, Packers team. So they're going to burn you. Matt LaFleur, uh, Aaron Rodgers, this is a very good tandem. And you got Devontae Adams. And unlike the Cowboys who don't target their best receiver, they're going to target Devontae Adams. So you got to find a way to stop him. Or if not stop him, you know, slow him down, force the ball to Equinemius St. Brown or Marquez Valdez Scantling. Um, the Packers got a better running game than the Cowboys as well. So that's also going to be a tough matchup. I still think the Niners win in the trenches. So that's their biggest uh, uh, upside there. Uh, Nick Bosa, as he's going to be a handful. Uh, the Packers do have David Bakhtiari back, who, in my opinion, is the second best offensive tackle behind Trent Williams. So, in the NFL. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, it, that's going to be a very, very big plus for Aaron Rodgers. Um, this is a very tough game, though, because I, I think on the paper, the Niners are the better team. They have more talent on paper. Uh, but Aaron Rodgers, I mean, he, he, uh, he covers up a lot of issues and he covers up a lot of flaws for his own team and he changes the game. He's a game changer. So, uh, this is tough because the, the Packers have struggled against the Niners in the past, especially against the running game and the Niners have a good running game, man. This is a very tough one. This is actually the toughest call out of all the four. Ooh. Uh, but I'm going to give. A small edge to the Packers because of Aaron Rodgers. A small edge, like a 0.2% edge. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say like like 50.2% to 49.8%. That's how small the edge is. But I'm going Packers in the I could change my mind, though, but right now it's Packers. Wow. You, you, so you could change your mind on this one, huh? Yeah, it's mean, very I mean, close. I mean, I mean listen, I'm, I'm going to keep it real. Uh, for, for the Niners to have a good chance to win this game, they they have to play like they played in the first half against the Cowboys for the entire game, uh, or at least for a good good majority of the game. I'm only I'm I'm talking like out of the 60 minutes, like you got to play that way for like 55 minutes, right? Like uh, Jimmy uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, obviously uh, in the first half he was really really good against the Cowboys. I, I obviously want to see more of that. Yeah, not only does he have the hurt finger, but now he has the the sprained shoulder coming 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 out of uh, uh, last week's uh, I mean game against uh, the Cowboys. Uh, again, he was a full participant in practice, and he doesn't throw the ball further than twenty yards, anyways. So I mean, it is what it is. He, he, <laughs> yeah. he I mean, he I mean, the game plan is going to be tailored around the run game. Let's let's be frank about it. The Niners are not effective running the ball. They will lose. Like I can like guarantee it that. They're they're gonna lose because if if it's on Jimmy Garoppolo's arm, uh, I I I don't I do not like Jimmy Garoppolo dropping back to pass, especially in in cold weather with you know a hurt thumb and you know a hurt shoulder. You know, and cold weather does something to your injuries. 
it, it yeah. sort of it, it sort of makes them worse in a way. So and especially with that with the hand and the, and the shoulder, you you're susceptible susceptible to a lot of fumbles and a, a lot of you know mistimed passes and you know uh, overthrown passes, underthrown passes, like you like the, the entire bit. So um, the Niners are really going to have to run the ball effectively. And as far as on, on defense, they're going to have to get to Aaron Rodgers uh, from a pressure standpoint. You don't have to sack him every time. But get to him, make him feel you uh, in the backfield. And, you know, it's um, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, they're going to get theirs. Uh, They are pro bowl, all pro players for a reason. And, I mean, when they do get theirs, you cannot, you know, you cannot get down. If uh, if they do have a good drive, you want to, you know, hold them to a field goal instead of having them drive down the field for a touchdown. Sometimes it's it's simple things like that. I mean, that's really what the Niners – uh, game plan should should really be going into this game. Uh, I think you know when, when push comes to shove, I think Aaron Rodgers will be able to create a lot more touchdown drives in, in this game. And I I I do think that you know the 49ers will get uh, a, one or two touchdowns, but most of their drives are probably going to end in field goals. So uh, I I mean my my heart is with the Niners like the entire way. And if they do end up winning this game, I think it could be the start of a of a really special run, uh, very analogous to the 2013 New York Giants with Eli Manning went went all the way to the yeah. Super Bowl. But um, I, but it, like uh, until I see that and uh, witness that, uh, I, I mean, my football uh, you know uh, expertise say that the Packers are the slightly better team with the home field okay. advantage. And okay, will win. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think the key matchups here are like you know Rodgers versus Niners secondary, uh, or the is it going to be the Niners rush run game versus the Packers defense? Whichever one wins out there, I think will win the game. So uh, uh, in, that's fair. In, yeah. Yep. And that's about yeah, it for uh, me on this one. Yeah, that, that's about it for me as well. And I mean, I mean, I mean, we never talked about Cards and Rams uh, Monday Night Football. Uh, and oh, uh, yeah, man. you you had something to say about that, so I'm gonna let oh, you talk. Oh my god! I'm yeah, so well, yeah, yeah, we'll talk about the Rams and Bucks right after this because that's a very good game. But let's go to the Rams and Cardinals because uh, you know a lot of people thought this was gonna be a close game. Uh, I I wasn't too sure actually because I thought the Rams just are too talented uh, on paper and and they just they 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 execute well. I mean, make some bad throws here and there, but otherwise they execute very well. And, you know, the Rams blew up the Cardinals. I know they, they didn't have DeAndre Hopkins, but I don't think it would have mattered if they did have him. Uh, this is – okay, I'm sorry. I, I know you say you don't want the call for a coach getting fired. I'm going to say Cliff Kingsbury has got to get fired. I oh, mean, my this God. Is, this is – okay, I'm going to read out this trend here, okay? So Cliff Kingsbury from college, starting from college, this is a trend with all his teams. In the first half, very well. In the second half, they're extremely bad. Do you know what that means? That means that teams figure out how Cliff Kingsbury likes to play on the offense. They know his thing, right? His air raid offense, you know, spread it out, get like four or five receivers, fighting quarterback, right? So, you know, have the threat of a run. So if you have a threat of a run, then you have to force to put a spy on the quarterback, which, you know, reduces the amount of secondary players on those four or five receivers. That's his thing. That's what he likes to do. So Kyler Murray is a perfect fit in this. Uh, he had uh, Patrick Mahomes in Texas Tech. Same thing, right? But teams figure have figured this out, right? They know what to do. He adds a few wrinkles every year, but nothing, you know, nothing special. They know what to do. 
they lost to the freaking Lions. And, and the Lions figured them out. The Lions, you know, they had the worst record at the time. They figured them out. I mean, so, you know, if you, in hindsight, it's really not a surprise that the Rams destroyed them. Von Miller came alive. Uh, Aaron Donald is Aaron Donald. Always going to pressure uh, Matthew Stafford, a very clean game. OBJ, I mean, that was a big one, right? So I honestly think the Rams might have saved him for the playoffs. I mean, he, he had a really good game. But, you know, from the Cardinals, this is like, if I'm Michael Bidwell, the owner, wow. I've okay. got to look at Kings, Cliff Kingsbury's job going forward. Um, I, I He's probably not getting fired, but uh, next year I have to really look at this. And not just Cliff Kingsbury. I think Steve Kime has to be under the microscope as well. Because, to be frank, this is not a very talented roster, in my opinion. There's not – I mean, like, I think that the yeah, roster is pretty ta- – I think the roster is pretty talented. I mean, I don't know how you can get more talented than Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, Chandler yeah. Jones as an, ed- as an edge rusher. Um, like, moving across the board here uh, – so here's where I think the issues are. Those players are great. I agree. Chandler yeah. Jones, not the same player he used to be, unfortunately, but he's still very good. Uh, their offensive line has sucked for years, and Steve Prime has never been able to fix it. Okay? You have to protect Kyler Murray. So that's a big red minus, in my opinion. Um, Steve Prime has drafted Isaiah Simmons, who, you know, has not really panned out. Um, he drafted another uh, off-ball linebacker. Uh, Zach, I think Zach Collins, I forgot the last name. Um, but uh, he, you know, r- rookie season, we'll see how he pans out. Secondary is also not that great. So th- there's a lot of deficiencies around the ta- uh, around the roster. Their offensive talent, yeah. Kyler Murray, Hopkins, uh, James Conner was a really good pickup by Steve Kime. I'll give him that. Uh, J.J. Watt, unfortunately, he got injured, but that was a good pickup in my opinion. He could still play. But otherwise, a lot of a lot of bad, not a lot of good talent, honestly. Like average, but not good. Uh, and Steve Kahn's been the GM there for a very, very long time. So I think if you're Michael Bidwell, you got to look at the, the front office and the coaching staff. Uh, you got to take a hard look, in my opinion, because uh, this was indicative of uh, this game. I mean, they, this was a really bad game for the, for the Cardinals. And I don't blame Colin Murray that much because I just don't think this is a very good team. Place. You, don't, you don't blame Kyler Murray for the pick six, the shortest pick six in NFL history? Yeah, I, yes, for that play, yes, that was his fault. But I say, like, in general, um, I know in he general, had a bad yeah. game, uh, but I kind of give him a pass here because and, I, I think the coaching staff could have put him in a better position to succeed. And and, and Steve Kime should have prioritized the offensive line. Okay, he's not and, Russell Wilson yet. He could be, but not right now. Right, right. And I, I think I, I think that uh, for, for the Cardinals, their only win – uh, in the second half of the season was against the Cowboys. So again, another strike <laughs> to the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, seriously. Uh, out, of, out of division points. But like, yeah, coming back, I think like, you know, your your point is well taken. And we saw this trend happen last year. And, and this year, the only reason how they, why they made the playoffs after the, uh, after the bad, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the rough ending to the season is because they started 7-0. and And they were the best team in the NFL. And uh, everybody feared the Cardinals and, and what they were bringing on both offense and defense, right? But, like, if you look at, like, Cliff Kingsbury and, like, the, like, career trajectory, first year, a rookie quarterback doesn't make the playoffs. Second year, he's on the doorstep at the playoffs. Third year, he makes the playoffs. So it's really – it's hard to argue with, like, 
the like overall upward trajectory, though I see the point that you're making. And yeah, uh, but, you know, but, it, Guru, look it, at the second it, half collapses. I mean, they're and, historical. And, and 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 the second half collapses will will rear its ugly head in this division. So I yeah. would say that like Very true. that if it if it comes out and it's actually a a valid trend, it will come out more next year when when the Rams are back, the Niners are back. And if Arizona does not start the year seven and zero, and they still have this late season collapse, you know they might not make the playoffs, and it, it might come down to hey, the Cardinals cannot compete in the NFC West, and this is with a franchise quarterback. So I mean, it, yeah. it it's it's going to be very very interesting. But you know, coming back to the Rams, I think the most like the the most striking development for the Rams in this game, other than you know Odell Beckham Jr. probably having his best game as a Ram is that the running game came back to life in this oh, game, yeah. especially behind Cam Akers, who had a miraculous recovery from an Achilles injury. Uh, I, when I heard he tore his Achilles in July and he came back, like, now, that's unheard of. That, that's so, amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that, that's I, amazing. I mean, let's, let's find out the doctor, because I want to know who that doctor is, all right? That is freaking amazing. There, I've never yeah, heard yeah, of that th- before. There's an article on it uh, on The Athletic, I, I think his name is Dr. Neil L. Atrache or something like that. But but anyways, he, I mean, he did uh, he, he did a masterful job with the surgery, apparently, and uh, allowed, you know, Cam Akers to get back into his rehab uh, quicker than a normal Achilles injury would entail. So, mm. I, I mean, it's just, it's just amazing. And, and their running game came, came back. And Matt Stafford, Matthew Stafford threw zero interceptions. And that's really the key for the, for the Rams to win. They got to play complimentary, complimentary football. Uh, they have to allow their defense to set the tone in, in, in their game. And uh, a way that you allow your defense to set the tone is uh, really by running the ball on offense. Uh, and they, those two things might be unrelated on paper, but really it is related because time, time of possession is very, very important, like, you know, in this league. And the reason why the Rams were the number one defense last year is because uh, of the run-based offense that they had with Jared Goff and they have been unable to translate into this year with, with Matthew Stafford for, you know, various reasons. The, the offensive line is getting older for the Rams. Uh, Cam Akers was obviously not there for the entire season. Sony Michelle was their lead back. So, um, like, if you look, looking at, like, Matthew Stafford and the games that he threw his interceptions in, those were the games that the Rams ran the ball the least or the worst, right? So, yeah. like, the fact that they were able to run the ball, like, makes me believe that they are very much a Super Bowl contender in, in the NFC, uh, I mean, along with all the other teams that are playing, in, I mean, in the NFC, like this, this is a, I mean, it's, it's going to be, you know, a, I cannot pick who's going to come out of the NFC, especially after the Rams put up a performance like they did on Monday yeah. night. All four uh, contenders are very deserving. So it's a, it's a really, really uh, competitive field this year, especially. Yeah. So, okay. Rams and Bucks. Let's like, get your thoughts. Yeah, this is going to be a really close one as well. <laughs> I'm saying that for every game, but this is going to be a pretty close game. Well, I hope it's going to be close because, you know, I thought the loss of the games last week were going to be close, but apparently not. Uh, so uh, I hope, though, this is going to be a close and a very good game. And I think it is. Um, the, the biggest question mark on the Bucks, as I mentioned, is their offensive line. If that's not healthy, that's going to be a big problem because – uh, Brady does not have a safety blanket. Uh, Chris Godwin, he's there. He's his go-to guy in the slot. You know, he, he needs to get a throw out Chris Godwin, find him, throw him, throw to him. So he's not there. Uh, Gronk is still there. Mike Evans is still there. 
But uh, the problem is Brady doesn't have his, like, go-to receiver at every down. Mike Evans is not that guy. Uh, Gronk could be that guy, though. Uh, Gronk is still showing that he's got plenty to tank. So maybe maybe they'll be fine there. Um, interesting. But, yeah. And then the Bucks secondary, you know, their safeties are good. But their corners, you know, could use some improvement. So Matthew Stafford, he's a very good quarterback. Uh, he could definitely torch them. And and given OBJ the way he played against Arizona, if he carries that to this game, oh, man. That's going to be very, very tough to stop. Um, so, hey, you know what? I'm I'm the biggest Brady fanboy here. But you I'm going to go Rams. I'm going to go yeah, Rams You're going to go, wow. Yeah, I'm wow. feeling more and more confident in it, actually, as I talk about it. And, and the biggest uh, X factor here is the Bucks O-line versus the Rams D-line. I think so, Because, yeah. yeah. First of all, Aaron Donald, you got to like uh, – some teams are starting to triple-team him. I don't know if you've heard, seen that, but some teams actually triple-team him because he could beat double-team style. That's how ridiculously powerful he is. He, he's, he's, I think, the best defensive player in the NFL, and he still is. He's always been the last few years, and I think he still is. And, he, and then, he gets into the back. He gets into the backfield against every team except yeah. the 49ers. Ah, okay, okay, <laughs> so, okay. We'll see about that. Yeah, uh, okay. yeah. And then, hey, I didn't talk about Von Miller yet. Von Miller, this last month, this, this last one month, he's been on a roll. He had two sacks against the Cardinals. He had a sack in every game this past month. Um, and and look, the the scouting book on Brady is, hey, Brady gets shook by pressure so if you get to him brady sure. does get affected he, he he gets jumpy he gets jittery if you remember that broncos patriots game from several years ago that last year of peyton manning uh the broncos had that elite defense i still yeah, remember that game very clearly brady brady was shook like he was very jittery like he was the pressure kept getting to him he was like he had to get the he's like oh i gotta get the ball i gotta get the ball i gotta get the ball out his, his arms were like shaking like while he was trying to throw like he got very, very jittery and jumpy, and so the it's the one thing Br- that Brady sucks against, you know, pressure. And, and Brady is forty four, right? He's kind of protecting his body now. He doesn't want to take too many hits. You can kind of see that sometimes. So he he can get affected by the pressure. So and the Rams can give him the pressure, especially if Christian Wirfs and Ryan Jensen don't play or are not a hundred percent, because you need all the bodies you can get on Aaron Donald. And Von Miller, and I think Asavius Robinson, he's also done really well. So you have got to have a healthy O-line. But I just don't know if that's going to happen. And no Chris Godwin, so I think the Rams are going to take this one. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, I mean that's really good analysis by you. I think the, the, the state of the Bucks O-line is very well taken. And that would tip, that would tip the scales for me. If, if I heard that Tristan Wirps was not going to play in this game, uh, I would pick the Rams just because of what everything that you stated, right? Uh, pressure on Brady is the, is the greatest is the best way to stop him from from being as effective as he usually is. So I mean, I I do believe that Brian Jensen did finish the game against the against the Eagles, and that gives me hope that he will play uh, against against the Rams. And uh, so if the, if the Bucks have an healthy healthy offensive line and if the uh, Bucks are able to stop the Rams run game that they reestablished last week, I do think they can force Matthew Stafford into some mistakes. And it doesn't take a very talented secondary, as you know, the 49ers proved on multiple occasions, to you know, intercept and make, uh, put, put Matthew Stafford in a position to make mistakes. I think w- once you stop the run against the Rams, you can sort of pin your ears back and get back get to the passer. 
the passer now being, you know, Matthew Stafford. And he yeah. can force Matthew Stafford into, like, some of those air punt throws that he threw way too often in the regular season. Uh, he, he threw two against the Niners. Both were picked off. And this, I mean, this is the 49ers team that doesn't pick off anybody. So whenever they get an interception, it's, it's a cause for celebration. There's a party in my house whenever the 49ers get an interception. Uh, and uh, he also had a couple of interceptions against the Ravens, which the Rams barely eked out a victory there. So, like, you know, like Matthew Stafford is susceptible to mistakes. And one thing that the Bucks can do, uh, and they've been very, I mean, good at during their playoff run last year was, you know, take it, taking advantage of mistakes by the uh, by the opposition. So I, I actually, given if the Bucks were able to execute that formula, I got the Bucks. Okay, yeah, but I, I, that's yeah. that's really good analysis. I I, I definitely agree with you there. Uh, if the Bucks whole line is healthy, I, I would actually agree with you there. I, I think the Bucks would win. Um, but you know, even if Worfs is a little banged up, because I, I remember that play before Worfs. You know, Worfs he got injured, but he stayed in another uh, in an extra play. He was not a hundred percent, and he got destroyed. And um, so if he's not 100% and he has to line up against Von Miller or Aaron Donald, I, I'm not liking the Bucks' chances. So, uh, but yeah, you know, I, I, I do agree with your analysis, though. So it's going to be very, very close. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> we keep telling ourselves that. Okay. And like for, and, and the, the last game we want to talk about very quickly here, uh, Varun, is uh, Bengals versus Titans. So, the Titans are the number one seed. Nobody's talking about them. We haven't talked about the Titans duration of this podcast, which is like usually yeah. very unheard of for a number one seed. Usually that's all, that, that's the only team we can really talk about. Right. But with the Titans there, uh, they, they sort of, you know, uh, um, went through the season very, uh, no one really talked about them, like I said, and they ended up with the number one seed after like a very, very solid play. And especially they went through a stretch of games in the middle of the season where they beat a lot of good teams. Uh, they, they, they were able to beat the Rams. Uh, they were able to beat the Colts on multiple occurrences. I mean, uh, and they were able to beat the Chiefs on their and the home Bills. field. And, and the Bills as well. Like, they, they beat a, a lot of very good teams. They very much earned their number one seed. Uh, and, and this is all uh, without Derrick Henry playing the majority of the season. And this was their bell cow running back who made their play-action game all work out. And when he was out, uh, you, you thought that the Titans would, you know, sort of just falter and maybe fall to a, to a wild card spot, but they never, they, they, they never, you know, uh, faltered that much. Deontay Freeman, Deontay Foreman, sorry. He very, very much took the uh, responsibility of uh, being that bell cow running back and he's really performed well for the Titans and Ryan Tannehill um, in, in the play action pass game. He's just masterful. Yeah. And, and um, it's really helped the Titans on offense this year and their defense led, led by, uh, his, his last name is Simmons, Jeffrey Simmons, on yeah. the D-line. He's, he's, he's been playing really, really well. So, and, and Kevin Byard on the back, and we all know him. He, yeah. he, lo- he loves to talk, and uh, we all hear him. So it's, it's, it, 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 Tennessee Titans definitely deserving of this number one seed, and they're going to need it because the Bills and, or the Chiefs, they're coming. And uh, it, they're not going to be an easy matchup for them in the next round, assuming they get there. And uh, now we bring up the Bengals, who beat the Raiders uh, in – I mean, the previous week, their first Ooh. playoff win in a long time. And, and okay, we hear you. We hear you, Burin. And uh, uh, Joe Burrow, um, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joy, Joe Mixon. They, they got a lot, a lot of weapons, but they're very young. And they don't really have the playoff experience that the Titans have. So where, where do you see this game going, Burin? 
Yeah, so, so the Bengals are a young team, and uh, the Burrow Jamar Chase connection is very solid. Burrow is Burrow's playing lights out. He's a he's already an elite quarterback in just his second year or two. That's very impressive. And coming off, uh, so the fact that he's playing at such a high level is extremely impressive. I mean, I am so jealous that so many athletes now are coming back at like at very high levels from serious injuries. That is so awesome to see this, and also I'm very, also very jealous of it as well. Yeah, I, 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 I know. Yeah. Yeah, I know, but it, I know it, it's, it's really awesome to see all this. So uh, the thing is, uh, I don't know how the, how the Bengals are going to stop the Titans run game. And if they do, then you got to deal with Ryan Tannehill and Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. Ryan Tannehill, in my opinion, has been the most underrated quarterback, underappreciated quarterback and underrated quarterback this season. Because it's, as you mentioned, he's very good in the play action game. And he can make all the throws. Short intermediate deep he can make them all and he can make them accurately i mean don't get fooled by his 14 interceptions he he did he had a pretty tough time this year with his uh supporting crew right Cause i think the titans were the one team hit most by covid or something like that like 90 players is what they fielded this i don't i don't i don't remember the exact stat but it's ridiculous so and, and despite all that they found a way to win so it, it's very impressive um i think you know all these teams they look for the next Bill Belichick, you know, like uh, Mr. Joe judges quarterback sneaks. And apparently he was supposed to be the next Bill Belichick in, in New York. That didn't turn out well. So many Belichick disciples are like, oh, we got the next Bill Belichick right here. Uh, I think Mike Rabel is the next Bill Belichick. Oh, he okay, is wow. a very good coach, a very, okay. very good coach. He should get a lot more appreciation for the job I he's agree. done this year. Very good coach. And, um, and that's the big X factor here. The Titans win because of great coaching and a very strong running game and a very strong passing game. They're a very complete team, especially on the offensive end. So I take the Titans over the Bengals. Yeah, I mean, I have to agree with you. I think I think the Bengals have a lot of talent that they can really, really talk about and they can really look forward to. Like, I think uh, I, I think they won the AFC North uh, this year, and I think they have a chance to be AFC North champions for years to come which is really like the, the first step to being a competitive team is, you know, win your division and win your division consistently. And yep. I think uh, the Bengals really do have a chance to do that with the talent that, that they have. But I think their road ends here in Tennessee against the Titans. I think the Titans have way too much experience. They've been there. They've done that. Uh, even when the Titans were a relatively inexperienced playoff team, they found a way to play well during the playoffs. And it's, again, it's because of what you stated. Mike Rabel is just, he's a playoff level coach. And he, he knows how to get his team prepared. And this one week off, the one week buy that the, the Titans have had, uh, like it's going to pay a lot of dividends for them uh, this week. They're coming into much, a much fresher squad. And, uh, you know, uh, the, the Bengals, uh, they are sort of running into this buzzsaw in a way. I, think, I don't think the Bengals had a winning situation this week. Rather, if, I mean, whether they played the, the Chiefs or the uh, Bills or the yeah. Titans, it was going to be a very tough draw. The AFC has been just that good this year. And, uh, you know, the Bengals have nothing to be, uh, you know, uh, you know, ashamed about or they, they shouldn't be looking down. They should be looking up. And yeah. it's, it, it's going it's going to be it's going to show that, like, uh, the AFC is going to be a very, very competitive conference for years to come. Like I mean, we, we talk about these four teams, right, the Titans, the, the Bills, the Chiefs and the Bengals. You can easily see these four teams in the top four in the AFC for, you know, many, many years to come and having many 
other yeah. uh, you know opportunities uh, like to play in in playoff games and but the Bengals had the short end of the stick in this one. Yeah, I agree. The Bengals just don't have enough blue chip players on defense. Uh, that's the problem. Uh, Trey Hendrickson is a very good pass rusher, but outside of that, yes. uh, not the best blue chip players on defense. And I, I just don't think they're going to get consistent stops against the Titans. If they do, then they pretty much win the game. But uh, if they don't, I just don't think they're going to win the game here. So, uh, but it, it, I think it should be a good game, though. So I'm taking Titans here. You keep saying it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a good yeah, game. You know, who knows? And, you're setting up our listeners to have, you know, a, a pretty, a pretty dis- disappointing weekend. And quite frankly, I mean, I thought last week's games were going to be, were going to be good, but you know, I was, I was totally wrong. And I mean, we'll see, we'll see this week. This week should be really good. I mean, yeah. I don't see, yeah. I don't see how it goes bad un- unless, you know, like we, uh, we get, you know, a bad, um, you, we get bad performances across the board. And I just, I just don't see that. I don't. Yeah. So, so yeah, looking forward to, to, to uh, like next week, Varun, and like hopefully uh, and for our episode next week, we'll be talking about the four teams that advanced after, after this week. And it, it should be fun to talk about all of those games and what we thought and, you know, who we think is going to go to the Super Bowl after next week. Yes, that should be, I, I hope this is a great weekend that we have a lot to talk about next week. I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, for Varun, I'm Guru. We'll talk to you guys next week.